So I think a lot of people waste a lot of time as a small business or, or even a large business worrying about those little things that you have absolutely no control over. This is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, episode 24. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. Another week, another podcast, and we're back with another fantastic guest this week. How are you, Rob? I'm very well. Hello, I'm Rob. This is Kennedy. Hello. From Response Suite. And we're really pleased to be here with you for another episode of the Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. Can't really speak today. I said Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. It's been a long old week, hasn't it? It lots has. Of, lots of hard work and long hours and driving around the place. It's been absolutely mad, and our, it's, the team's just uh, working away like mad around the place as well but yes we've been exhibiting at various exhibitions and turning up and, and meeting lots of you our, our response suite customers at various events up and down the country and we're going to continue doing that so we'll keep you up to date with which events we're going to be appearing at if you find us over on the old facebook machine so you'll find us over there facebook.com slash response suite and of course speaking of response suite we're still running this 14-day free trial so if you want to grab your response suite account and actually use surveys but with a marketing purpose where you can integrate it with your email auto responder and do smart follow-up with what we call mass segmentation, giving personalized email marketing uh, communications and stories to every single person, then you can do that over at responseweek.com right now. So this week, onto the interview, who the heck did we speak to? We spoke to the lovely Scott Ayers from Social Media Labs podcast. Which is um, a great podcast, one of my actual favorites. I was totally flattered. You know, not starstruck, but like when somebody who you respect, you've been listened to for a little while... I feel like I've got a bond with this guy and he's super mm. smart. When he got in touch and said, hey, I'd like to be a guest on the podcast, I was like, heck yes, let's talk to him. Mm. So Scott and that podcast all operates uh, over at Agora Pulse, mm. uh, which is very, very cool. And basically on the Social Media Labs podcast, they sit and like test the heck out of loads of different things, like trialing different stuff, taking hypotheses. Easy for say. you to say. Um, and they test, test the heck out of them to see whether they're right or wrong. So uh, Will doing this on Instagram, in, increase engagement. Will doing this on Facebook or Twitter, decrease click-throughs. And, and they run really massive cool. tests. And some of the tests are absolutely, they span weeks and months and months. And so I think they did one recently, which was like over a year in the testing. And it's, it's, the lengths, it's a lot of hard work. And the lengths they go to to actually do these is, is astounding. Mm. So I, he's shared some really good stuff in this interview about some of his favorite tests and the things that he's discovered, which kind of go against what your intuition or even logic might actually dictate. And of course, how you can start using tests in your own business. Now, you're probably not going to go at the same scale that they do because it's like a full-time thing, but certainly how you can start testing stuff in your business to see how it affects your results. Okay, let's get back into it. Scott, my man, how are you doing? I am doing well. How are you guys? I'm, we're really great. We're really good. We're Happy so, days. We're re- we're really, it's just the best of days. Do you know what I mean? I'm so <laughs> excited to have you here with us here on the Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. And we know, and I'm sure many of our audience know, that you are the man that's all about testing. You're, you're always testing something. And I, I suppose my burning question for you is, how do you even begin to come up with the idea of something interesting to test? Well, first, it's a lot of post-it notes and a dartboard. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, really, I mean, in the beginning, it's just it's brainstorming. Like, we literally have a, a Google spreadsheet that just has hundreds of ideas that everybody on the team just kind of says, hey, somebody mentioned this in support, so maybe y'all can test it. Um, so, And I say y'all a lot, by the way. Uh, we, like <laughs> so, it, we like it. We're enjoying it. Uh, so, yeah, so just brainstorming first. And then from there, it's more of, okay, what can we actually test this? Um, cause there's a lot of things you just simply can't get any sort of good data from. And so we kind of have to whittle it down 
to see is, is it testable and is it also, I mean, because we are marketers, you know, is there enough keyword searches on this that anybody's ever going to find it? Uh, there's no sense in writing something that, you know, three people in Zimbabwe are going to search for, uh, because it does, it does, you no good. So we also obviously are thinking about that as well. So that kind of comes into play. Um, and then, and then kind of once we get past that point go, okay, there's enough here. People have talked about it enough. Maybe others in the social media marketing space have, have talked about it and given, gave, given opinions on it. Um, and then we start formulating our hypothesis design. And I go through the whole, scientific process. If you remember that from like, you know, 10th grade biology, right. Uh, where, you know, I, I try not to, you know, do that at the end. You know, a lot of people always ask me, do you, do you just write that hypothesis after you've done the test to look smart? I'm like, no, cause normally my hypothesis is wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what's really interesting about when we listen to your show, you know, on, uh, on, on whatever podcast player people might use is you do, you say, this is the hypothesis we're going to test. Let's yeah. see if we're right or see if we're wrong. And usually what's interesting about the hypothesis, it's usually the common sense. Like obviously yeah. this thing's gonna be much better. And then you guys go out and do the testing on it. And then it's like, holy moly, like fair, Fairly recently, you did an interesting one about Instagram with the uh, with the carousels. Yeah. I was like, "What?" Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to give that away, but if you want to know about it, you got to go and listen to the podcast episode, which we'll yeah, talk just about. Yeah, as, as, as a summary, car- Instagram carousels suck. We can just say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, wow. You'd think all that level of engagement uh, would, would really get people going. I mean, Scott, what type of things are actually worth testing in the first place? And more importantly, where do you see people wasting time testing stuff in their own businesses? Because obviously you're testing stuff and you're sharing the results with the world, which is amazing, by the way. But for sort of every other business who just wants to test stuff and get all the best results to use in their own business. Where do you see people wasting time? So what's worth testing and what's not? We'll go to what's not first. I mean, what's not worth testing is a lot of people want to test things that are so sentiment based, you know, based on feelings or, you know, why does a nonprofit get more engagement than a shoe store? I mean, there's some things you just simply can't get any data from. So I think a lot of people waste a lot of times a small business or, or even a large business worrying about those little things that you have absolutely no control over. Um, you have control over the quality and the quantity and type of content you post. And you can kind of go from there, how you run ads. So I think there's a lot of, we had, we, we actually ran a, um, we, we teamed up about 10 different influencers and said, Hey, ask your audience what you would want us to test. And I'd have to go find the sheet. It was, it was so random. Some of the things people wanted us to test, like why, why do people click the heart more than the like button? I don't know. <laughs> it's just what they click. So there's no way to test some of that sort of stuff. Um, so the things you want to test and where I focus most of my work on is, you know, what happens when I do a certain thing, how can I get more reach or impressions or engagement? Um, not necessarily some of these things that, that and, and I do that because I, I want it to try to apply to everybody. Uh, and so I can look at reach even on a page that's very small, you know, and kind of get a trend over, over a certain amount of posts or over a certain amount of post types and time. Um, and so that's kind of where I look at it, is look at reach and impressions. And I think the other biggest struggle that, that a lot of businesses take, you know, have with social is they don't give it enough time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they, they say, okay, I'm going to post, I'm going to do one Facebook live and then it bombs. And they say, well, Facebook live must be awful. I'm not going to do it again, but they, mm-hmm. they did it once, you know? And so you, you have to really commit to some long-term testing, you know, for our tests, we go at least 30 days, at least. Um, I'm trying to push six to eight weeks typically on a lot of these, you know, tests because I want to make sure I don't, because sometimes in social, you, you like today we're recording this on September 11th. Hope you don't mind when we say that. 
But today would be an awful day for a business to be posting stuff because it's in America, the posts are going to be about the September 11 tragedy. So it kind of, sure. and a lot of the world. The yeah, of course. yeah. And so today would be not a day I'd want to test data, <laughs> you know, when it came to trends overall, because it's going to be a day that's skewed, you know, in the, you know, in the insights. So you have to kind of keep those things into consideration when you're running sure. tests and when you're posting on your own business, give it time, you know, and be consistent with it long enough to, to get some good data. Yeah. And talking of like giving things enough time, like what does make a good test? Like how do you say we want to get this many people to go through it? Is it, what, what is the sort of a good size of a test set? So that might be time, that could be number of clicks, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. How many do we need to do before we actually get a, a result that we think is probably legit? It, it, it depends on the, on, on the platform for one. Um, the, the, if it's like Twitter, you know, I like to have at least, you know, 100 tweets in my data set before I do any sort of evaluation. And when I'm testing on my own pages anyway, uh, if I'm looking at global, you want even more. Uh, Facebook's going to be a little different. You know, it's all, it's all going to be a little bit arbitrary because each site, so I can't post 100 tweets in a week, you know, 100 Facebook posts in a week because no one's going to see them. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, Twitter is a little bit different. And so you want to kind of, for us, we have minimum standards where we try to have at least two different accounts um, on every of the social platforms that we're testing on to kind of get some sort of averages. Cause we may have one ca- account that's just doing better just because it's, you know, it's maybe it's more popular or it's, it was just the right time of day or, or those sort of things. So I, I use a couple of different accounts and I use a, and I know you may ask about this later, but you know, we use the Agora Pulse account, which is a SaaS company. Mm-hmm. Um, so we use them quite a bit. Um, I actually have locally, I own a, uh, a bounce house biz, or you guys might call bouncy castles, uh, over oh, there. Bounce, bounce house. houses. Can, yeah. I, I prefer a bounce, a bounce house. I, I, like, I like the rhyming. Yeah. We, we've heard it wrong here. Right. Yeah. We call them bounce houses or moonwalks, but that's too Michael Jackson reference to me. Um, <laughs> so I have a bounce house business. I, I was a local small business. So it's kind of in the trenches, not a SaaS company. Um, and then, then use our test on like my personal one quite a bit as well. So kind of those three different sets, which is kind of a good cross section yeah. of, of the different sort of, of accounts that are out there, especially if people who are reading our blogs and listen to our podcast. Um, so we kind of use those and we want to go at least a month. Uh, on all the tests and, you know, something like Instagram, you know, probably once or twice per day is typically how we'll test Facebook once a day. Uh, we don't, haven't really done a lot of YouTube testing and then Twitter, like I said, at least, you know, sometimes I'll push it to 10, 11, 12, 13 posts a day uh, on there to kind of see what I can get. I just ran a test right now that I'm riding on right now. Won't publish for a while on, this is a silly one almost, but there's some marketing to it. Uh, testing uh, emojis on Twitter to yeah. see if they cause more impressions and engagement and then how many emojis between one and five. Um, so huh. it seems like a silly thing to test, but if there's some marketing value in it, then Hey, it may be worth someone putting in an extra smiley face here and there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we, found we got a, we got a boost in some of our Facebook ads by adding emojis into the yeah. Facebook ad itself. And it, it certainly does help. I love all of this. I mean, you mentioned a few different businesses there from the, the bounce house. There we go. Uh, there so obviously go. Agora Pulse being a SaaS platform software as a service for people who might not know what that is. Um, so, I mean, how do you find tests vary, you know, between niches and markets and, and products? Uh, do you find that tests that you run are likely to give the same results in a SaaS platform to an offline local business or, uh, you know, an info product business, or does it like vary vastly? 
Most of the time, surprisingly enough, most of the time the trends are the same with each one. And now the percentages difference might be, you know, different for each page. But so what we do, we do a couple of things to kind of answer that question. For one, they, they've been very similar overall. And that's why I like having a couple of different types. But then what we do, we, we've kind of taken a step further in the whole science, you know, thought process. We actually have a data scientist on, on our staff who wow. uh, he, he worked in the banking industry, I believe, in France for years you know, one of the smartest guys I've ever met in my life. Uh, and, and like a killer, you know, laser tag player. If you ever played, I mean, that dude, just, <laughs> you could tell he had, he thought of the data when we had a retreat recently and like he realized how he could kill people the most and just followed you from behind and just would, wouldn't let you ever shoot anybody. Anyway, <laughs> that data science brain worked in, in, in laser tag, which was really awesome. funny to watch the personality. But so what he did for us is that he actually set up a, uh, what's called a statistical significance calculator. Um, which is a geeky way of just comparing numbers and then seeing if it has what's called a p-value. Um, and a p-value, you know, takes all the numbers into consideration. And, and science-wise, if it's not at least 95% on that p-value, we can't say it's statistically significant. Um, what that means to you and I, though, is like the typical thing, you know, we'll post, we'll post something that's maybe, okay, that one performed 20% better. We're pretty happy with that, you know? the statistical, statistical significance calculator, which is really hard to say, um, it, it'll, it'll say, no, that's only like 50% difference. So you can't say this is scientific. Uh, it may happen again the next time it may not. So that calculator really pushes us to say, okay, if it's not at least 95%, we can't put our rubber stamp on it uh, and say, this could happen to you when you do it. So it's a lot of times what we're looking at uh, and sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, I'm so bummed when I get done with the test and it's like 93% or something. I'm like, ah, oh, it's so close, but I still can't say it's scientific enough, you know, to give a hundred percent conclusion. So that's, that's really, really important for us in, in the lab to make sure that we're, we're putting out those things that, that hit those numbers. And there are some times where, you know, we'll put stuff in that calculator and we can't get decent enough results. So that's why we do kind of report that, well, you know what? This one was a little bit better, but it, you know, it took, you know, a hundred times more of our effort <laughs> than the other. So maybe don't waste the effort for 5% increase in reach. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how we will kind of spin it sometimes. Yeah. And Scott, is that there must be things you think, you know, I wish we could find an answer to such and such a test, like some kind of test. Is there a sort of test you would like to be able to run, but you just can't. Oh, where, where can we start? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like where, where, like I have, I have, you know, a recent, I'm looking at my idea box and stuff that we, we've recently kind of said, all right, what do we want to test? Um, you know, stuff like when it comes to like tagging people, like someone's asked us recently, you know, do when we tag other people on Instagram, you know, does that bring that post up and, and give it more engagement and impressions? I, it's going to be, I want to test it, but it's so arbitrary. Uh, because I could tag, you know, a useless account and get nothing from it, but I tag some, you know, major marketer and get following from it, you know, more impressions or engagement from it. So that's one that I would love to try to, I probably will test it anyway. Um, but I'm worried about the data being solid for Joe Blow, you know, car shack, because he may not be able to have those sort of people to tag in it. So those sort of things are always really, really tough to kind of come across. And there's stuff like some stuff that we're working on next is like LinkedIn. I don't know LinkedIn is kind of that, you know, annoying uncle yeah. you know, that, that you've had. And, you know, he, he brings you the weird licorice or something or you know, candy, <laughs> but he's there all the time. He's dependent. He's always at the reunion, you know, with the brisket. But, 
and so I kind of looked at LinkedIn that way, but LinkedIn's gotten a lot of attention lately because people are ticked off about Facebook. Um, and so we're testing a lot of stuff on LinkedIn and, and we're working on right now a test that's going to test uh, short text updates versus long form, like blog type stuff. Hmm. Um, so that'll be an interesting one because it is that stuff that people kind of forgot about LinkedIn for a long time, but he's always there <laughs> waiting yeah. for us. So that's yeah. kind of it's the, funny because you go out in the business community and everyone's like, well, well you should have a LinkedIn profile. That's the solution yeah. for you. And all the marketing, the local marketing people are like, hey, yep, if you've got a service business, you should have a LinkedIn profile. And you go, great, got one. And I've got a lovely picture of myself and I've told you what I do. <laughs> Right, anyway, back to running ads again on some other platform. And that, you run away. You just right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I wish I understood it. I really do. LinkedIn's That's- great. It's just, you know, it's, it depends on your business for sure. But, you know, it's so industry specific. It's a lot, it's a lot different to test on LinkedIn too, as opposed to the face. You know, I'm a big Facebook guy. And so I understand Facebook inside and out. And I go to LinkedIn. I'm like, what, what do I do here? You know? And, <laughs> yeah. And it's, but it's. But the market there is massive. If you're, depending on your business, if you leverage it the right way, I mean, you may be the only guy selling widgets there, you know, and be, and become, you know, well known for that if you, if you leverage it right. Yeah, that's cool. Now, Scott, we're going to play a game. It's very, uh, it's a very simple game. Uh, what's going to happen is my colleague Kennedy over here. Hello. That's him. Uh, he's going to sing a song now. And uh, this is the, still the same podcast. Um, he's going <laughs> to sing a song now, but he's going to sing it in the style of an old-fashioned British club singer. Oh, no. And uh, so that means... Am I summoning Cal and giving you an X if I don't like it? Do, yeah, well, um, and do you know what, what happens at this point in the show? Every time I record this, Grace in the office leaps up from her desk, grabs her phone, and she's ready to take photos of me pulling awful faces. <laughs> That's what's happening. Photography action. So uh, Kennedy's going to sing a song uh, in the style of a traditional British club singer. Um, and uh, you have to, at the end, Try and guess what the song is. Oh, so uh, I've chosen a song. I've put the lyrics up on his monitor here. And uh, so, Kennedy, uh, in the style of a British club singer, take it away. Hit the dirt, hit the industry, hit potato, hit the penis, hit the bed, the skipping, hit the bed, hit the bed, hit the See, I even had, I even pulled up Google real quick. I'm like, he's gonna say a word. I'm gonna try to find it. I don't even nope. know. What, <laughs> see if we can this thing. I was trying to cheat. <laughs> That'd be fabulous. So, <laughs> like, I'm starting to type. I'm like, I don't even. Huh? What? <laughs> yeah. So that was awesome. Let's get back to this testing thing, right? Uh, let's get back at the serious meat of this podcast and give uh, us some value. Doing that, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So which tools do you actually use when you're doing any of these tests? I'd be fascinated to know. Um, obviously, I use Agora Pulse for a lot of our scheduling sure. uh, because that's what, you know, it's a big part of what we do. But, you know, I have used, I mean, we did a rerun a test. Our first test actually was, you know, testing the, the impact of third-party posting tools on Facebook. Does Facebook penalize those posts or not? You know, and I use Buffer. I use Hootsuite. I use Sprout Social post planner all the and does it does it penalize them i mean no it, it doesn't at all really uh, and we've tested so many times I, you know i'm re- actually in the middle of retesting that right now just to make sure um but now facebook and twitter neither one of them punish publishing apps because why would they because more content means more opportunity for ads to be exposed to you so you know they don't care uh, <laughs> so yeah, right. but the data shows that they don't care either so that was a good part so i mean i use that a lot i'm using a, a site a lot called quintly Q-U-I-N-T-L-Y. 
That's not uh, the first time I've heard of that. It's in the back of my mind. Really, what is it? Yeah, really cool team. Um, and they do a lot of just really deep analytics um, and, and in a smart way too. Like they, they've come up with their own, what they call their interaction rate. And don't get me to quote one of them off the top of my head, but because uh, luckily I can just plug in the number and it gives it to me. Uh, but they, they, a lot of times what happens when, when people are testing, and I, I was guilty of this in the beginning, you know, I'll start testing something for say six weeks. But, and so I got my data, my impressions when the, when the, the test started and then I look at the data and the impressions when it ends and I go, okay, here's what I got. But I forget to take into consideration, well, I've grown by a hundred followers, let's say throughout that time. So my interaction rate needs to be weighed against the, the change in followers. Uh, and quintly has got a lot of cool tools to kind of help you do that inside there and shows you this interaction rate. Um, so that was something I'd never, I was like, that's just brilliant because yeah. My data can be so skewed if I don't do that. Because what if I grow massively? Like, our, say, our Facebook page, for example, because we've been running ads, you know, we grew like 2,500 likes in the last month. If I try to compare that data from two months ago to the data of the day, that's not fair. Uh, and so wow. you gotta, So I love what Quintly's done. They've got tons of reports um, and a lot of things to pull from. So I, I use them quite a bit. Um, there was another one called um, – it was a tool that helps me pull in tweets um, and, and kind of look at the, the impressions and engagement. And I'm going to get that up here in a second and tell you what that is. You put me on the spot and made me think of it. Um, but it is a great little tool to help me look at the data from the tweets in, in a different way. And um, so that, that's a big one that I use. And also with the Twitter chats, I also use something called Tweet Chat. If you ever do Twitter chats, you should look at Tweet Chat to kind of keep up with those. From there, I mean... I'm not a big, I like to try to keep things as, it was social alerts. I said social report, social alert. And I'll give you the link to that afterwards. So you have that. So Sweet. Cool. Yeah, we can, we'll link all of this stuff in the, in the show yes. notes, everybody. So social. if you're not taking notes, don't yeah. worry. Grace is going to take care of you. Yeah, because obviously I didn't have my notes in front of me. Shame <laughs> on me. Uh, yeah, social alert was a big one. Um, and then from there, I mean, it's, unfortunately, a lot of this, the, the data you pull in, you know, from some of these different reporting stuff, I still like to go back and just look at the raw data, yeah. uh, which is tedious and boring and makes me want to stab my eyes. Um, but it's, it's, I get better data that way because I'm worried about a lot of times the data not being recent enough or, you know, has that platform put any sort of, you know, weight, you weighted it differently or, you know, added a formula to it. So, like I just did the, the Twitter emoji when I was mentioning, I literally went to Twitter and looked at the analytics and pulled the number of impressions and engagement from each individual tweet uh, to make sure it was a hundred percent pure uh, and nothing. You know, cause, cause of what I worry about the most. And that's one of our biggest fears is, is people coming at us later and poking holes in it. Uh, and so we, the best data I can get is straight from the sites itself. So I don't use a lot of those tools because of that. Hmm. I mean, you've talked already about, you know, there's some stuff you're testing again. How often should, be, should we be retesting things in order to make sure that um, conclusion? Yeah, the, the way the platforms change so quick, it's hard to say, give it a definitive on that. For us, you know, we're retesting our biggest, you know, four per year is kind of what we're aiming at now. We're testing, retesting our biggest ones once per quarter. I'm doing a different one. So I did a retest on Instagram carousels. Um, I'm, I'm doing a retest on third-party Facebook apps, you know, posting to it. So, I mean, for that, for me, that's where I'm at. For you as a, as a business, I mean, the trends change so quickly. You probably need to be paying attention and changing your, your strategy at least every 30 to 45 days. It's going to change. Um, so, you need to kind of keep up with the trends and see what is doing different, see how the platforms have changed. 
don't just assume that, you know, somebody wrote an article in 2015 about how to post something and get great engagement that it still works. Yeah. Um, and so you got to be careful with that because it, they do change so, so rapidly. So for if you as a business, anybody listen, I, I would recommend, you know, every two months at least reevaluate and look at your insights and go, Oh, okay. You know what? Two months ago we were getting this sort of engagement. Now it's gone down or up. What did we do and how do we, do we need to go back and try again? Right. Um, no, I love, get bored. Yeah. I love that as a takeaway because for our, you know, our listeners listening to this, they might be thinking, well, you know, I haven't got a full-time team and a, a data scientist to sit and go through this stuff every month. But I think the big takeaway from that is at least <clears throat> once a month, look at what you're doing and go and assess yeah. where you got the information from in the first place. So if you think, well, the, the correct amount of times to post on Instagram every day is X, at least like once a month, just go and check and see if the blog where you read that has been updated or, you know, go and investigate. And that, that's a massive takeaway. Yeah. And, and, you know, just look at us here in response to we do a weekly meeting where on a Monday we do a thing, a thing called the Monday meeting where we report in, or Grace reports in all the numbers and we look at how is that performing? Oh, hang on. Why has Twitter dropped off a cliff? Like what yeah. happened? Um, uh, or what happened with you know what's happened with that thing and why is that changed and what do we need to do about it and, and who's writing about the the issue it's really it's really important so I think most of us are gagging to know at this point what are some of your favorite or most unexpected test results for each of the social platforms well I would say first um, link we'll go back to LinkedIn you know because it is that one site that we forget about so much. Um, I, I wanted to test post types to kind of see which post type performed best um, on each of the pla- on, on LinkedIn compared to other platforms. You know, on, on Facebook, I'd always say photos by, by you know, hundred percent photos or videos are always going to perform better. <laughs> the odd thing was we tested text, LinkedIn photos and text only updates had a, what is it? 1,069% higher views. And the other posts, I know it's a stupid number. I even went back and tested again just to make sure like that can't be right. And so we used a couple other people's accounts and text only updates just crushed it on LinkedIn, um, which was, I mean, obviously my hypothesis was absolutely false and wrong on that one. hundred <laughs> um, percent wrong. Uh, but it was interesting in the read and I kind of pulled back on it later. I go, okay, why is that? And it's because it's so industry specific it's so based around topics more than, you know, cat memes and pictures of your lunch or your kid's first day of school, which is all the other social sites. You know, LinkedIn is so industry specific that people want to talk about, you know, different subjects. So you can post a, a text update and say, hey, what did you guys do when you had to do X, Y, Z, whatever that might be? And you're going to get a lot of response with people who are following you in that same sort of industry um, are asking questions a lot. And so that was a really, really intriguing one to me. Um, on LinkedIn, um, a Facebook one that was kind of interesting, um, was, I don't know if you guys remember, gosh, it's been, it's been about three years ago, probably, you know, Facebook kind of started going out what they were calling, you know, the clickbait or link bait mm-hmm. where you know people were posting you know, this warm, fuzzy picture, you know, of a, you know, a dog playing with a tennis ball or something and had a link in the description and you assume it's going to go to that, but it's going to some sort of crazy marketing funnel that steals all your info or something. Right. Uh, so Facebook said, Hey pages, if you do that, you know, if you post a photo with a raw, ugly link in the text, we're going to diminish the reach of it because they're trying to get people not to click on those links because they can't tell what it is until you go there. And that's when they, and that's also when Facebook introduced the, the properly formatted links with, you know, the, the head, the featured image, the title, the description, all that stuff when you yeah. post to Facebook. 
So I assume if I put a link in photos that those, they're going to have lower reach, right? Cause it's Facebook said they're going to diminish it. The odd thing was when I did a you know, link posts, you know, traditional way link posts, way Facebook wants it, did the same link with the same featured image, but as a photo instead and put the ugly raw link in the text, the photo had 9% higher reach, uh, which it shouldn't <laughs> based on what Facebook said they were going to do a couple of years ago. Um, so either they've gotten relaxed on that or it just failed, <laughs> and, you know, and that diminished reach just never happened. I don't know. Um, but I did it on a couple of different pages, the bounce house page and our page and on a personal profile. Um, and we found that the, on, on average, that those photo posts still had a higher reach, even though they had that link in there and, and Facebook said they were going to diminish it. So that was interesting one. And I was actually kind of happy with that one. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh good. I'm gonna go back to posting those again. <laughs> uh, maybe Facebook doesn't penalize them anyway. Um, and so that was kind of an interesting Instagram. We do a lot. We've done a lot of Instagram testing because it is kind of that it's, it's that platform that's still new enough and still confusing enough for, for businesses. They don't know what to do with it at times. Um, so one of them that we, that we posted, we did recently was um, posting the hashtags in the original post mm. versus hashtags in the comments because all the, you know, quote unquote gurus that are out there have said for years that you should always, always, always stuff all your hashtags into the comments. That way no one sees it. It doesn't look ugly. You know, like one little quote from somebody, you know, I won't mention, you can read, you know, they, they would say, keep your Instagram captions clean by putting them in the comments. So, we, we tested to see, and surprisingly enough, the hashtags in the posts outperformed um, when we put hashtags in the comments by, by a pretty, pretty drastic difference. Wow. Um, re- reach was 29% higher when I just simply left the hashtags in the original post, wow. um, which was a massive amount. And so what that told me was, for one, your typical user doesn't care that the hashtags are in the, in the post. And for one, you don't see it anyway. You know, Instagram gives you that more link to open it up and expand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and in Instagram, like every other platform is it gets smart when those crafty marketers figure out a way to get around their algorithm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what was happening was back when everybody was given this advice, if I went in like an hour later, two hours later, put a hashtag in the comments, then boom, that hashtag would resurface me at the top of the explore option when you're searching on Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen anymore now. So now that explore feed, no matter when the hashtag was put in, the, the explore feed is in chronological order based on when the post was published. And so if you don't get that hashtag on there immediately, you're not going to show up there at the top if you add it in later. Uh, and so it's not resurfacing that content. You're going to be way down at the bottom. So there's no, there's no advantage of, of taking the trouble to go back later and put it in the comments, you know, or use some sort of, you know, sketchy app that's breaking Instagram's API to put it in the comment first there, there's absolutely no value in it. When the reach is that big of a difference, mm-hmm. um, I was I was really shocked by that because a lot of the there was one of those tough ones for me because a lot of my friends in marketing have taught this for years, right. <laughs> you know, to do it that way. And I'm like, oh gosh, I'm quoting them in this post too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the science was there enough for me to say, yeah, this is 100 percent right. Don't bother with doing that. And so that those are probably the big ones on on the major, you know, platforms that we're looking at. Wow. Amazing. And did you have uh, a little, a little tip on Twitter at all? Um, on Twitter, we, we're still testing quite a bit on there. I would say on Twitter, the biggest ones, uh, first one, obviously we, we tested to see if, you know, Facebook punished the third party apps. Obviously we have a, 
you know, we want to make sure an ulterior motive. We want to make sure that it doesn't hurt them. But one thing that we did test here recently on the paid side of things was a feature that Twitter rolled out a while back called Twitter Promote. I don't know if you guys have seen that, where you can go in your Twitter account and you pay them a flat $99, at least in U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the month, they automatically promote your tweets and they promise you that you're going to get, you know, at least, you know, like 30 new followers each month when you, when you spend this $99. And so it's just kind of a set and forget sort of thing. Hmm. Uh, and so it was really weird to me cause I, you know, I like to control my ads down to the time. So I'm t- you know, so this was kind of a weird one to, to test, but Twitter pushed it out there hard to users. And so when we got done with it, it was, it was an absolute failure. I mean, by, by all no. regards, absolute waste of waste of time, waste of money. So get this on, on I did it on my, on the Agora Pulse account and my personal account, which my personal account actually has more followers than Agora Pulse. Um, Agora Pulse's account gained a whopping 18 followers during that time period. And my oh. personal account gained four, oh. <laughs> four. And that's, and that's from the promotion. Twitter shows you the data saying this is from this promotion. Um, and then, then from there, the, the thing that was awful from there and, and really frustrating on, on a marketing side is it didn't, it didn't show me what, what tweets they promoted. Cause they just kind of choose your, you know, from your first 10 tweets per day to pull, you know, to, to promote and you don't get a lot of control over it. Um, you're just kind of, you know, throwing away $99 and saying here, yeah. Twitter, go yeah. buy a latte, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so it was, it was so, it was a weird thing to test. Everybody had been talking about it. And so I was like, well, let's try it. And the other part was, was odd enough too, was like on the Agora, on all, both the accounts, but especially in the Agora Pulse account, like there was this steady, you know, amount of you know, what they called showed the engagement throughout the month. And then it got to the last like two or three days and all of a sudden it spiked almost like someone went, Oh, wait a minute. We've only spent $20 of this 99. Let's spend it real fast. Wow. Um, and, and all of a sudden it just arced up at the end. It was, it was really weird. And, and, you know, I'm glad we did it. Cause I'm like, I will make sure no one does this again. And I wouldn't recommend it to everybody, mm. um, but I can go out and find followers. If we put like a dollar amount to it, this was awful. The Gora Pulse account, we put that dollar amount to the followers. It cost us $5 and 50 cents per follower. Ugh. On my personal account, which has got about 16,000 followers, $24.75 per follower. That is brutal. Uh, yeah, yeah. When you should, you know, it should be much, much cheaper. I could go to Fiverr and get them better cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> like lots of new friends. Lots right, of- right. And so, and so for them to promote that this could get you followers and then it didn't was how I kind of measured that as a massive failure. So that was one that if you're on Twitter and you're marketing, especially because you're business, you're going, okay, this is an easy set and forget. I can go do this for a month and go back to, selling shoes or whatever it it, it was an absolute waste now scott we're going to roll over into the final bit of the episode it's what we like to call the quick fire round you don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets do you make sure you subscribe to the three marketers podcast now on your podcast player so these are some nice short sharp simple answers what would be a book you'd recommend Um, i love the book called trust agents by chris brogan i love it Second one, what is your top success habit? Something you do either maybe daily or weekly? Uh, wake up next to the same woman the last 24 years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as business-wise, I use an app called Todoist to keep up with everything that I'm doing throughout the day. Excellent. Love uh, it. Who do you look up to? Not a lot, to be honest with you. Um, I, <laughs> there's a guy named Ian Anderson Gray. Uh, I think he's a fellow Brit, uh, and I love everything he's putting out content-wise. So Ian Anderson Gray. How do you define success? 
I think just being happy and it doesn't matter. It's not money thing. It's just at the end of the day, are, are you happy and feel good about what you did? Here's the most important question of all. Who do you like more, Rob or Kennedy? I'm going to say Rob because he stood up this entire podcast. <laughs> I don't even believe that's a reason. I'm furious. I sang on the podcast. Okay. 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 Well, who, who, who believes in Bigfoot? Either one Nobody, of you? surely. Oh. <laughs> I, have a, I actually have a, a fan page dedicated to Bigfoot. So, do you yeah, really? Big, I do. And it gets a lot of engagement and I make money from it. It's really funny. There you go. <laughs> what do you sell like? Clippings. Big shoes. No, I sell a bunch of Amazon products for it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, finally, so, where can people go to find out more about you, Scott? Um, you can find the Social Media Lab. Just search Social Media Lab on any of the podcast sites. You can go to uh, agorapulse.com forward slash social media lab if you want to kind of see where our little room on the house in the house is there. Um, and you can go to agorapulse.com and, and sign up for a free trial of our app as well. There you go. All highly recommended. Thank you so much, Scott, for being part of this. Scott Ayers, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, standing up. I'm standing up. I'm standing up. What an amazing chap. That was really cool, wasn't it? Like <laughs> the, the, the respect you have to give that company and Scott for going to those lengths to test this stuff for us. It makes us, it puts us kind of most of us to shame. I know many listeners are much like more into that testing thing. I probably do a lot more than we do, but we very much try to listen to people and don't actually do the literal testing. Obviously, we're still looking at our numbers all the time, but to go to those lengths is really admirable. I think the big lesson you can really take out of this is that sometimes it's doing the stuff that goes against the grain. You shouldn't just follow the crowds. Sometimes it's the stuff that's completely counterintuitive that actually works. The yes. stuff that they're saying works doesn't. Exactly. But the other big thing that comes out of it is Scott only found the stuff that really works for him with his audiences on his accounts. They are really good ideas and springboards for all of us to go and test for us because our audiences are going to be different as Scott's. Our accounts and our platforms are different. The things we're promoting where we're trying to move people through are different. Our offers are different. So there's some really good springboards for us to go and check out. Hmm. And if you haven't already checked us out, Make sure you do that over on all of the social media platforms. Exactly where, Robert? Just search for Response Suite and you'll find us right there. And we're still continuing our club singer contest. We'll be announcing the prize just next week. And we'll be continuing it for a little bit longer. But you know that lovely piece of me singing on the podcast. We want you to get involved. So record yourself on video doing the club singer singy bit and tag us in it. Response Suite on the various platforms on the Instagram and the, the Facebook and the Twitter machine. And we would love to try and guess what it is you're trying to sing and of course the best performance will uh, will hook you up with something awesome please do otherwise kennedy's going to win it nobody really nobody wants that that. of course if you haven't already and we know who you are make sure that you leave us a comment a review on your favorite podcast player really helps us out and also we really want to know and really care about what you think about this and the big takeaways you got from this episode it also lets the presenter and our guest know what you got out of it too all of the show notes from this episode, you'll find Grace has put them all over together at blog.responsesuite.com forward slash zero two four. That's it for another week. We'll be back right here and we'll be playing right in your e-hole once again. Ciao for now.